Are you sick of major sports networks bashing athletes to help their bottom line? Do you want reliable information on sporting events and controversies? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Pound Perspective, presented by Nate Dog Sports, a podcast based around discussions and debates about recent football, basketball, baseball, and MMA events. Now, here's your host, Nate Dog. Welcome back to the Pound Perspective, everybody. Presented by Nate Dog Sports. It's your host here, Nate Dog. Ray cannot make it this week, but the show must go on. And your boy Nate Dog is going to bring it to y'all. Got a great episode ahead of us, y'all. We got some NFL recapping to do for the past week. Also, we got some college football predictions along with NBA predictions, y'all. It's here. NBA is right around the corner next week. It starts up. The regular season starts up. So we're going to, you know, preview that. And uh, I'll give you all some of my favorite team, the Lakers. You know, what I think they're going to do on this season. As well as UFC 280. It's not this weekend, but it's the weekend after uh, this one. So, you know, I'm going to give a little bit of a preview and my predictions uh, for the main card in that. And obviously, we got the my Braves over there uh, getting a win tonight actually to tie the series 1-1 but I'm going to give a little bit of a prediction uh for the for the uh for the rest of the playoffs and what I think the championship will be and who will win it and of course we close out with our NFL preview of this uh games coming up excuse me y'all uh of the NFL games coming up uh and uh, of our favorite uh, of my favorite games of the week so I'm going to kind of break those down and give y'all some score predictions but let's get right into this we got a had a crazy week for NFL fun games uh to to talk about and some wild finishes can't talk about them all, obviously. I only got a select amount of time. I don't want to lose my viewers out here. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the ones that really caught my eye, starting with this Raiders disaster on Monday Night Football against the Chiefs. What was that, y'all? What what was that? 17 nothing, and then you just kind of give it up there. I was, I was surprised, but I, I think the point of that game is to prove that the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, you know. Uh, they, they they know how to win in every single style of the NFL. It's really what makes them so impressive to me, you know, when you see a team down 17 nothing and and make the comeback like that and, and do it in such a way, you know, that's just, it's just, sorry, I mean, just snap of a finger. It's just snap of a finger. It's just all of a sudden they're right back in the game. Travis Kelsey has a historic game. Uh, not just because of his four touchdowns, but because he had four touchdowns only on 25 receiving yards. Uh, I think that's actually the the least amount of receiving yards on a four-touchdown game. I might be wrong about that, but I think that's what ESPN put out there the other day when I was watching SportsCenter. So that's a, that's a crazy stat. Travis Kelsey is just adding to his legacy as one of the best tight ends to ever play the, the game of football. And um it's it's just fun to watch that guy play football and and uh, all you fantasy owners out there. I bet you're pretty happy about this week. But uh, to get back to it, uh, you know everyone knows if, if y'all listen that I was pretty high on the Raiders coming into this season, and um, I am pleasantly surprised. Uh, I don't know if pleasantly is the best way to put that, uh, but I'm surprised, man. I, I did not see this coming. Uh, Red, you know he he was never a, a big believer in Josh McDaniels. Uh, I I think think he may have had a point I don't know if it's completely on the coaching uh but uh, it's got it's got to partly be you know when you got a what was it fourth down and 
they the Raiders have to go for it, and and obviously the the Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams running into each other that can't be happening, you know, uh, this far into the season, you know, running into your other player, and and obviously you know Devontae Adams was pretty pretty mad and pushed a guy after the game, and now that guy's charging him with a misdemeanor, uh, assault misdemeanor. He's got charged. Uh, Devontae got charged with. Uh, my man, my man's going to get the bag. I, I, I can't blame the guy, but it's a money grab. Don't want to dwell on that too much, but that's obviously a big money grab for that guy. And I, you know, I can't, I can't blame him. But uh, it, it, that's all it was. The guy got straight up and went straight to the hospital after and did a police report on the way there. It feels like, uh, but it, it, to kind of get to that, it's like Devontae, you can't be doing that. You, you, you can't be doing that, man. You, you know, you know your status around the league. You know what kind of player you are. The one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the NFL. Um, he, he's got to be thinking a little bit more straight there. You know, trying to, um, you know. Not to let his emotions get the best of him, but you know that can happen. You know when you <laughs> when you give up a game like they did, um, so it's tough for him. But to get back to the Raiders, what a disaster! Uh, the season's starting to fall apart. Obviously, we're still early on, so they can recover. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I see it happening though, y'all. I, I don't think I see that happening. I think the the Raiders might be done. I don't think they're going to be terrible all season. I think they're going to give. All the teams that they play throughout the rest of the season, some some tough, you know, some tough, um, some some tough uh, uh, competition. But I just don't. I haven't seen nothing from the Raiders to tell me that they're going to be a special team this year. Derek Carr has not played to the to the standard that I thought he could play at. Uh, Josh Jacobs is an elite running back, though. That is a point that I wanted to make. That Josh Jacobs ran the hell out of the ball in that game. He's been running the hell out of the ball all season. Um, but in that game, man. He looked like a top five running back. Uh, it's really good to see a guy like that, you know, from the SEC in Alabama. Because I'm not an Alabama fan. It's just nice to see a guy like that come from from where he was and, and start just balling, you know. And he deserves it. He's been through a lot in the NFL. And, you know, I hope he, he kind of, you know, keeps doing what he's doing. Because he's he's re- really good running back and deserves that recognition. Uh, but I think, I think the story of that game is the Chiefs are the Chiefs and the Raiders are the Raiders. No ifs, ands, or buts on that one. And now we're going to move on to your boy's favorite team. We got back in that win column, you know, against the Seattle Seahawks. I was a little nervous about that game. Seahawks, you know, you can say what you want about that team, man, but that, that that's a respectful team. Gino is playing his best ball of his career. Made some just absolutely ridiculous throws in that game. You know, throws that you literally would – like only top, only five quarterbacks probably, and maybe only four quarterbacks in the league could make. He was making those throws all game on uh, on that Saints defense, making it really, really hard to you know defend the guy. You know the old saying, it's it's impossible to defend a perfect pass, and and he he proved that point in that game. He had a couple just ridiculous throws uh, on the corners for Saints, but uh, an impressive game for the Saints. You know that you're starting quarterback and. And you let uh you know you let Taysom Cook you let Taysom Cook guys the NFC play offensive player of the week and he well deserved it Saints don't win that game without Taysom Hill the the Mormon missile that man is that man is something else and then I got it right here the question of the day is is Taysom Hill the most undervalued player in the NFL and you know I I get it I get it you know he only does this every now and then but I think it's easy to say this is his best game in the NFL. Uh, so far in his career, I, I, if I'm the Saints man, I gotta find any way possible to get this man the ball. 
any way possible. Any if there's if there's a slight chance you can get Taysom Hill the ball, you give it to him. He is so special with that ball in his hands, and not even and it doesn't have to be the ball doesn't have to be in his hands. You know, he got a fumble recovery in that game. He had a passing touchdown in that game. What the guy? He had a he had a game winning block to get Alvin Kamara uh, a hole for the, the for the last first down of the game. I mean, the guy just does everything. I don't. We've never seen a player like this, and I don't want to harp on him too much because you know he doesn't get all the value in the world. But like this guy. Taysom Hill, man, he deserves the respect that I'm giving him right now. And he's the only reason the Saints won that game. And if I'm the Saints, I am trying every way possible to get him the ball and and, and just, you know, just maybe even lean on him, you know, maybe even lean on him. You know, I don't want to uh, abuse that, you know, can let teams know everything that was going to happen with Taysom when he gets the ball. You know, it's kind of obvious, you know, with him running the ball. But, you know, I loved when they let him pass the ball. But, you know. Overall, the Saints, you know, it's better to have, I guess, three t- uh, three quarterbacks than, uh, than none. Uh, but I think Jameis is going to be back this week, making this system a little bit different. But personally for me, even Jameis, Andy, whoever else is playing quarterback for the Saints, I think you use Taysom just like you used him in that Seahawks game. Let the man cook. Get him the ball any way possible. QB runs, tight end, kick return, you know, Defense, I, I don't even care at this point. Get the man on the field. Let him have a chance to change the game. Because every single time he's on the field, guess what? He changes the game. So, overall, I think Taysom Hill could be considered the most undervalued player in the league. I don't think that's a outlandish thing to say. And the only reason I think he's undervalued is because the Saints don't use him enough. And I think we could, uh, you know, exploit that a little bit more and try and uh, – um, try and use them a little bit more. But overall, good win for the Saints. You know, get back in that wing column, and maybe they can uh, uh, bounce, uh, get two in a row, you know, against the Seattle, uh, the, the Seattle <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, which I'll make a prediction on later in the show. But let's move on to the Cowboys, my boy Reds, favorite team, once again pulling off a crazy upset, you know, with old Cooper Rush. It's rush hour out there in Dallas. You know, I think they're really starting to look that, like that guy in the NFC East is just co- becoming a, you know, kind of a dogfight. It's actually one of the better divisions in the league when it was one of the worst, you know, the, over the past couple of years. But to get to the point, you know, could you consider the Cowboys a legit NFC threat with a healthy Dak Prescott? You know, and that might be an easy answer for some people. It might be like, no, they just get lucky this year. Or, yes, they, they're a good team. And I'm starting to lean on, yes, you know. I don't think I've ever didn't think they were a good team. But, man, that defense, man, that defense is really, 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 really good. And they might have, honestly, not might. They have the best defensive player in the league right now. Uh, you know, not accolades aside, you know, I'm not not discrediting Aaron Donald, not, not discrediting Miles Garrett or TJ Watt. Right now, the best defensive player playing football right now this season is Michael Parsons. I mean, that guy, that guy, man, is he not the most just – special player uh, uh, recently, you know, I, I can't remember a defensive player this skilled, you know, since probably, uh, you know, a TJ Watt or a Miles Garrett and TJ Watt didn't even go until late in the first round. So probably Miles Garrett, you know, I haven't seen a guy play just, just have such an impact on the game since Aaron Donald, you know, 
And this season so far, I mean, he has to be considered the best defensive player in the league. I think he's easily the favorite right now uh, for defensive player of the year. I think his odds are like plus 100, and the closest behind him is like uh, TJ, uh, not TJ, um, 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 uh, Miles Garrett or uh, Aaron Donald at like 750 plus 750. So it's it's not even close. He's running away with it right now. I think everyone can, can agree that he is playing the best ball defensively right now. And, man. I don't think it's going to stop. I don't think it's going to stop. I'm so impressed with that defense in Dallas. It's 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 really impressive what they're doing overall as a team as well. You know, game planning to, to find ways to win these. You know, I mean, they're not playing world beaters, but, you know, with a backup quarterback and not to, you know, talk down on uh, Cooper Rush, Rush Hour, but, you know, he, he isn't a starting quarterback in this league. You know, I, I think that's everyone can agree with that. Uh, but for them to be able to just win football games with this guy and, and, and him not to lose a game as a starter yet is is just outlandish to me. And that might change this weekend as, as uh, they play the Eagles and you'll hear my prediction later on in this podcast. But, man, I'm so impressed with this, this coaching staff, and that's crazy for me to say as well. I'm impressed with the defense, and I'm impressed with the offense finding ways to win. Uh, overall, the Cowboys are a threat, I think, in the NFC overall, not just in the NFC East anymore. I think the Eagles, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the Eagles are going to have a dogfight for that division when Stack is back. And this team, this team is legit. I think, I think, you know, there's a lot of cow- Cowboy haters out there, but I think people are starting to recognize, you know, this team, this team's good. And I think last year they might have just been a year off and, I think we're starting to see, you know, this thing come to fruition out there in Dallas. So, you know, I'm pulling for you. You know, I used to hate the Cowboys, but, you know, I've grown a soft spot as Red is, as it's Red's favorite team. And since Dak's been there, you know, I've kind of grown a, a soft spot for the team. So um, I'm rooting for y'all out there, you know, in Dallas to, 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 to keep playing good. So good luck to the Cowboys the rest of the season. But obviously the, the story of the week in the NFL Y'all didn't think I was gonna get out of here with without talk, talking about this, y'all. It's let me let me take a breath. Let me let, I gotta take a breath for this, y'all. What the hell? What in the hell are these roughing the passer calls? I mean, what in the hell? Like what? Like what? I don't even know what to say, y'all. I don't even know what to say. You know, I don't want to say it's Tom Brady and Tom Brady gets that privilege, but, you know, I I can't. I literally can't because of last night. It's a league-wide issue. What happened to to Tom Brady was absolutely ridiculous. But it happened again tonight. I mean, not tonight, last night. It happened again last night. It happened again on Monday Night Football. That's actually not last night. It's Wednesday. It happened again on Monday Night Football. Derek Carr gets sacked by Chris Jones. Fumble. He he even fumbled the ball. And they called it rough in the passer because Chris Jones landed on the guy too hard. Chris Jones landed on the guy too hard. What? I wish I could give you all a replay of that. I wish I could, you know. I wish I could. It's it's getting ridiculous. Uh, and Drew Brees put something out there recently that it should be reviewed. I, I think it should at least be considered a reviewable play. I think it l- at least should be considered. 
you know, I, I get it, the human element in the game, you, you, you don't want to make every single thing reviewable, but it's like, these sometimes, not sometimes, I mean, yeah, it's sometimes, but you get situations like the Tom Brady situation against the Falcons where they get the sack and they have an opportunity to go win the game. Grady Jarrett put it in the greatest way. He, he didn't say that they that that call won Tampa Bay the game. It gave it, it allowed Tampa Bay to win the game, and it gave it did not give Atlanta an opportunity to win the game. It it just it it just ended that opportunity. That was it. You know, you know that opportunity was gone after that call. And those are the situations where that call is just like. Man, we, we got to do something about it, right? We got to be able to do something about these calls, man. I don't like to be the guy to blame everything on the refs and stuff. I mean, as a Saints fan, it's tough for me not to do that. But, you know, when you get these bad calls that just ruin games, change the outcomes of the game. I just hate when the refs have an opportunity to change the outcome of the game. If it's a legit reason, you know, like it's an obvious obvious call and that changes the outcome of the game I'm all with it but if it's a very very questionable call that can change the outcome of a game I don't think you lean on the, the the side of I think you lean on the side of caution here you know but with that all being said in the in the rule book for the NFL if there is any doubt like any slight doubt that is a roughing the passer call you call roughing the passer so I can't hate on the rest too much I think this is more of a NFL issue a a, a uh, a, a text, uh, a rule book issue rather than a refing issue. I think the rest are just doing their job. I, I truly believe that the rest are just sticking to the handbook and, and, and calling what is supposed to be called according to that rule book that they uh, listen or read, you know. So um, I can't put it on the refs. I got to put this one on the NFL. NFL's got to at least look at it, I think. Uh, I don't want to harp on this point too much as – I think everyone in the world has made an opinion on this, but it's got to stop. It's 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 ruining the league. It's 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 really frustrating to watch games be be ended or changed due to you know these really really bad calls uh, in games, especially in tight situations. So that's all I'm going to really say about that tough situation, you know, out there for Atlanta and you know he, he, and the Chiefs, but the Chiefs pulled it off. So that's a point. Uh, proves that, you know, it doesn't really always change the outcome of a game, even though that call was not even in the fourth quarter. So, overall, we'll see what the NFL does. I think they should make some uh, changes to that. Uh, roughing the passer, it's, you know, I'm trying, I know they're trying to r- protect the quarterbacks, but it's, you got to give the, you got to give the defenders a chance. It's almost impossible to defend in the NFL these days. So, that's all I'm going to really say about that point. Let's move on to college football, y'all. We got a big games uh, uh, this weekend. I was going to predict one game, but, you know, I, I, I had to, you know, had to dive deep into this, y'all. There, there's some, there's three big games I had to talk about. There's no way I could just talk about, you know, the one Alabama and Tennessee. That Obviously, that's the big game. But we had some big top 10, you know, top 15 opponent, uh, matchups, you know. Michigan versus Penn State, that's a top 10 a matchup with uh, number five Michigan and number 10 Penn State. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting game, y'all. You know, people might be just saying Michigan all the way, easy win for Michigan. Penn State's not really legit. I, I hear that. And I don't, I'm not the biggest believer in Penn State at all. I don't really think that they're going to, you know, have a chance in this game. I don't 
don't think they're going to win, but I think they make it interesting. I think for about three quarters, we're, we're, they're going to put themselves in a position to win this game. I'm thinking maybe a you know, 24-24, 24-17 going into the fourth quarter. Um, maybe Penn State scores immediately, make it 24-24 in the fourth quarter. But I think Michigan, you know, you know, puts puts down, you know, put puts, you know, ties their shoes, you know, gets ready and, you know, kind of just looks straight ahead and say, all right, guys, we're the better team here. Let's let's get the job done. I think they find a way to get that job done, you know, uh, out there. I think it's in, let's see, I think that one's in Ann Arbor, too. Got it pulled up. Yep. In Ann Arbor, so that's, that's even, it's even tough. Oh, I had an ad, y'all. Sorry about that. Oh, Kirk Herbstreit trying to. Jump into the podcast here, maybe one day as uh, in real life. But uh, to get <laughs> to get back to the point, you know, uh, tough in Ann Arbor. You know, if it was a whiteout game out there in Penn State, it would it, it would probably sway my opinion here. But I, I think I'm gonna just lean on the Michigan Wolverines to get the job done in that, like I said, in that fourth quarter uh, with a 34 to 24 win. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe. Uh, you know, Michigan gets that win to make that Ohio State game more interesting. And then even if Penn State wins, when they play Ohio State, it will be very, very interesting. I think if either team wins that game against Ohio State will be uh, – or loses, I mean, that game will still be very interesting uh, against Ohio State. But let's move on to uh, a very, very intriguing game for me. Uh, I've been riding the Oklahoma State train for about, I think, about three years now, saying that they could win the – Big 12, but this year is legit. I think they can really pull it off, and they might have their toughest test of the season this week. Uh, unexpected tough test, uh, I think everyone can agree on, but TCU undefeated coming into this game, as well as Oklahoma State. Both teams are very good high over under. I think it was about a uh, 68 or a 68 and a half or 71 and a half. Let's see. 68 and a half. I was right. Crazy over under. I think it's crazy that TCU is even the favorite in this one. You know, I know what TCU uh, TCU did last week, but uh, and <laughs> Oklahoma didn't have a deep, uh, all, uh, quarterback. I mean, last week, you know, General Booty, your boy. You know, I respect the man, and I will support that man with that name. Any man with that name, but uh, you know, he's not the best quarterback. He's that. He's not the best quarterback. And uh, what 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 TCU did to that team last week and, uh, to Oklahoma was just disrespectful. I think TCU definitely deserves their. You know, deserves their respect. You know, beating a Kansas and, and, and an Oklahoma team uh, that was actually two weeks when they beat Oklahoma because TC just beat Kansas. Uh, uh, but Kansas quarterback goes down in that game, so we don't really know how that game truly could have ended. So I, that really makes me think that Oklahoma State has a has a big opportunity in this game. I think Oklahoma State should be favored in this game. I was actually, you know, I was coming to go predict this game. I was expecting to be predicting. Uh, and not an upset. I thought this was going to be an easy, you know, obvious win for Oklahoma State, but it is an upset, I guess. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on this upset here. I think it's an easy upset for me. Oklahoma State gets the dub in a very high scoring game, high shootout game, 45 to 41. It might be a little high, but I, I think it's just a shootout, y'all. I think Oklahoma State proves that they have an offense and uh, that defense. I, they're good. Oklahoma State does have a pretty good defense, so it really make it hurts it hurts me to say forty one, but that TCU offense is really good. I really like their uh, quarterback out there too, so uh, I think TCU keeps up, but Oklahoma State pulls it out in the end. And obviously, we have the biggest game of the weekend in college football. We have Alabama versus Tennessee. 
as an LSU fan, I understand completely how good this Tennessee team is. And uh, I know what an Alabama team can do with Bryce Young as their quarterback as they did not have their quarterback last week in their near loss against A&M is with Milrow being the starting quarterback for Alabama. So it's a tough game. Uh, for Tennessee and Alabama, I think I think both these teams are very, very, very good teams. Uh, you know, it's 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 almost impossible to pick against either one of these guys, uh, either one of these teams. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Alabama is a seven point favorite in this one, even though that's honestly cl- closer than any other team is probably going to be when it comes to predicting against Alabama. Uh, I just I think these teams are just as even as it gets, I think both of these teams are ready to win uh, games. I think they're ready to win possible in, uh, SEC championships. You know, Tennessee, they've, they've been building this thing for a minute. You know, they've been they've been in the process of creating something special over there. Uh, it's a tough game to predict. I was literally sitting here just wondering what in the heck could could this be what who could win this game i think either team has an opportunity as this is number three versus number six in the country i sat on this one for a minute y'all i sat on this one for a minute to really think about it and i think the obvious choice here is alabama but i'm not picking the obvious choice y'all i'm not doing it i am not picking the obvious choice why would you go with what why would you go with that for that favorite y'all that is an easy bet, y'all. That is an easy bet. Hinton Hooker is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That defense is very good. Uh, offense is special. I've never seen an offense operate so quickly uh, as an LSU fan. I noticed it very well uh, against our defense, which I don't think LSU has a terrible defense. Um, but Alabama's defense hasn't proved to me proved anything to me to say that they can stop that Tennessee offense. They've done nothing to, to tell me that they can stop them. You know, I don't. I, I'm to the point where I don't know if anyone could stop <laughs> Tennessee's offense. You know, uh, just watching them all season, watching them last year, improve from last year to this year. Hinton Hooker has one of the. He, you know, he has the best deep ball in college football, probably. It's it's one of those games. It's a coin flip, but with it being in Knoxville, your boy is picking. The Volunteers, forty-one to thirty-eight. Another shootout I got here. I think Alabama's defense gets a little exposed. Not a little. Forty-one's a lot. So they get exposed in this one. I think Alabama's offense still proves that they're one of the best in the country, even though their skill their skill positions like receiver are not that you know experienced as they've been before and dominant as they've been before. So I think Tennessee pulls out the upset. Uh, you know. And, and, this is one of those games I don't think it's truly an upset. I think they're both very, 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 very close opponents. So uh, technically-wise, against the Vegas odds, Tennessee pulls off the upset 41-38 over Alabama. We'll see how that one goes. It's a tight one. I'm not – I don't think picking either of these teams I would have been very confident, but I had a, I had a lean in the upset on this one. You know, i got to be a little, little crazy sometimes with these picks. Uh, but let's move on to the NBA. We've got a, a crazy season ahead of us. Hopefully it's just as good as last season's. Uh, obviously, we had some big controversies over the offseason. Nothing uh, too massive, though, when it comes to free agency, I guess. Uh, Trading-wise, I mean, Minnesota, your boy Red's favorite team, made a pretty big trade for uh, Rudy Gobert. So, excuse me, y'all. Uh, 
But besides that, hasn't been too big of a uh, too uh, big of an off season when it comes to you know craziness as uh, uh, with changing of teams with players changing of teams. So I'm just kind of kind of lean into this Lakers team. You know, one of the biggest questions of this team: Can they improve from last year? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, health wise, the Lakers were just defeated last year, um, but. This team's not getting any younger. You know, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James are not getting any younger. So I don't – you can't you can't lean on this if they're healthy narrative, I think. I think you got to lean on the coaching. Is the coaching better? Is the com- camaraderie better? And I guess you can lean halfway on the healthy. Can these guys, you know, stay on the court together, you know? They, they, they were not on the court enough last year to even build – even an ounce of chemistry, very similar to the Nets with uh, uh, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and uh, Kevin Durant. So I think it's impossible to create a chemistry with the sample size that they had. Uh, with that all being said, let's I'm going to look at these uh, records uh, over under for the Lakers. Record is forty uh, wins wise is forty five point five. Uh, I think that's a pretty respectful uh, number to be at for the for the Lakers. Uh, so I, I I thought you know immediately I was thinking around forty five when I was uh, looking at you know overall what can this team do um, and and with their additions uh, over the off season and, and free agency and stuff you know how how much better can this team really get and you know after really thinking about it looking at it uh, discussing it uh, in my mind I guess you know I I had to you know I had to just kind of. I had to just go with my gut on this one, y'all. And uh, and uh, immediately when I was, you know, uh, uh, predicting a wins-wise, I, 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 the first number that came to my mind was 47. It was 47 wins, 35 losses. And uh, I, I sat back. I did some re- a reviewing of, of, of some experts, I guess, opinions about what the Lakers season could be. You know, sitting at that 45 mark, 44, 40 wins. Yeah, it's just... The first number that came to my mind was 47, and I'm not going to drop it, y'all. I think the Lakers end up pulling off a 47-35 and 35, uh, season, which will put them about the fourth or fifth seed. I don't want to over-predict this team. they got a lot to prove. Uh, Darvin Ham, our new head coach, has a lot to prove as well, so I don't want to think that they're going to be an incredibly uh, just overall just change everything narrative wise you know they're going to be one of the best in the league I don't I don't I just don't see that yet I gotta I gotta see to believe it so I, I think I think 10 wins uh more than last year's is very very feasible I think that's a, a a respectful opinion for me you know uh the team's better healthy wise coaching wise I think Frank Vogel uh outlived his tenure and I just don't think the team really respected him as much as anymore and I think the team really respects Darvin Ham I think they love what he's bringing to the table so I, I'm gonna definitely I'm, I'm leaning 40 47 wins 35 uh losses on the season about a fourth or fifth seed in the west even though that might not even get you there as the west is so 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 competitive you know this season uh but Overall, and then we also have our prediction, my prediction for the game against the Warriors. Game one, it'll be a hard game for the Lakers to win as it is the ring introduction for the Warriors team. So I'm going to probably have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on a win here. But, you know, I, I, as we've seen before, it's not the end of the world if we lose. So I'd probably go with the Warriors here uh, if I'm betting my money to win that game. Uh, out, th- I think it's in, it's 
that there's no thinking. I I know that game isn't uh, San Fran as it is. The ring introductions and the banner being put out the uh, up there out there in San Francisco. So congrats on the win, obviously for the Warriors last season. But it's a new season, and hopefully the Lakers uh, could be having this ring introduction in about a year from now. Uh, so go Lakers, Lake Show. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. I'm rooting for y'all. Love you guys. Let's see what we can do, y'all. Uh, but let's move on to the craziest, most insane, most entertaining. I think I said crazy already. One of the best UFC cards of all time. I, I, I think it could be easily considered the best overall. When you look at the whole main card, even in the prelims, it's crazy that Bala Muhammad versus Sean Brady is a prelim fight. That's craziness. That's great. That's that's a main event, y'all. That is a fight night main event. But they're they're a prelim, and I'm gonna tell y'all why. Because we have five amazing fights. I'm gonna predict four of these fights uh, of the main card. We have Darnoosh, uh, Benel Darnoosh versus. Let me pull it up. I forget this. I always forget this guy's first name. Uh, that's why, because I don't know how to say it. Uh, so I'm going to say Gamrot. Uh, I like the guy a lot. So Gamrot. In the office, we have Peter Yan versus Sean O'Malley. Uh, Algermaine Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. And Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. We're going to go right into this one, y'all. We're going to start with Darnoosh versus Gamrot. Crazy fight. Uh, Darnoosh honestly could be uh, considered the top contender in the lightweight division, uh, but Gamera is is a surging uh, contender out there, young guy. Uh, I think he ter- trains at American Top Team with uh, out there with Dustin Poirier. I might be wrong about that. I think that's where, where he trains, and I've been hearing a lot of good things about the kid uh, out there. And, you know, Darnoosh, I can't disrespect the guy, though. Darnoosh is a insanely good fighter. Uh, he was supposed to fight Charles Oliveira in which, you know, he had to pull out because of an injury in which, you know, Charles, uh, not, not Charles Oliveira, Islam Makachev, sorry y'all. Um, Darius was supposed to fight Islam Makachev and yeah, obviously he had to pull out and Islam had to fight um, Bobby Green, I think, who just got popped on a, a PED test and uh, tested positive, so that sucks for him. But, you know, Islam, you know, just dominated that fight. And, or was it? I think it was Bobby Green. I think it was Bobby Green. I might be wrong about that. I can't not completely remember. But you know, Islam, I don't want to say he's had a cakewalk, but, you know, uh, he, he definitely avoided a big fight with Darius. want to point that out, big uh, point that one out right now. But uh, to get back to the Darius versus Gamrot, uh, amazing fight. But I think Darius is getting disrespected. It's crazy to me that he is the underdog in this fight. I think that's an easy bet. Uh, if you're betting on this one, I think Darius actually pulls this one out as an upset uh, via decision. Uh, I think it's a, it, I know it's a three-round fight. Uh, so I think Darius gets in just probably gets two rounds. Maybe he might lose that first round, but I think Darius finds a way to pull that one off uh, out there. Where is this fight? I think it is in New York. Oh, no, this one. <laughs> I cannot believe I even thought, I thought in New York. This one's in Abu Dhabi. Do that. This one's going to be in Islam's backyard. But let's move on to Yan versus O'Malley. This is another main event, y'all. This <laughs> this fight could easily be uh, marketed as a main event. You know, a, a top contenders uh, fight out there uh, in that uh, tough, tough, tough division. Uh, I think that is. It's uh, what what division is that? That is a. 
Uh, that is bantamweight. Bantamweight. I thought that was bantamweight. I didn't want to sound stupid. But yeah, a tough bantamweight division and a lot of soaring stars like O'Malley and, uh, you know, Dillashaw coming back. Nope. Another ad. Jeez. Double ads. You know, I think this is a sign for Nathan to just, you know, mute his computer after all. I think that's a sign for Nathan to mute the computer. He probably should have done it the first time. Uh, but uh, to get back to it, Jan versus O'Malley. Uh, tough fight for uh, O'Malley. First really, really tough, tough matchup. You know, everyone knows how dominant Jan's been besides against Sterling in their second matchup. Uh, but I think Jan gets gets caught off guard in this one. I think Jan's going to come out sm- way smarter than he did against Sterling. I think he's going to be very technical early on uh, with his strikes. Both of these guys are very good strikers. But I think O'Malley is going to really optimize or, or, or use his, his his distance very, very well. Jan's a very more compa- uh, compact guy as O'Malley has the long arms, long limbs, can hit you from about a mile away it feels like. Um, and o- O'Malley, you know, he started a little slow in his last fight. I was actually at that fight in uh, Las Vegas in uh, July um, in the, the fight between Israel Adesanya and uh, Jerry Cannonier. Uh I got to see O'Malley in that fight, and he, he, he started slow. I don't want to say he lost the round or lost the f- uh, that first round he fought with. Uh, I cannot remember the guy's name. I don't uh, Munez. Munez. I think that was Pedro Munez. Um he, he started slow, so it was a little... That was one of the first times I've ever seen uh, O'Malley start slow. I don't think we're going to see that. I think both of these guys are going to start fast, aggressive. Uh, they might even catch each other once or twice early on in this fight. But I think this one, being three rounds, I think you know they're going to they're gonna unload everything early on, but I think they're going to f- fight very smart in this one, knowing that they can win rounds uh, technically-wise. So I think O'Malley's going to really, really push on. I think I think this is a hard, really hard bet. You know, Jan is so freaking dominant and is so fun to watch. And Jan has proved nothing uh, to me to say that he wouldn't win this fight. But I'm on the hype train, y'all. I, I am on the hype train. I think Sean O'Malley actually pulls this off, and I don't think he catches him. I think he wins via decision. I know that's a hard bet, but I think he pulls it off. Uh, out there in Abu Dhabi, so uh, that's a fun fight. I cannot wait for that fight as much as the Darius and Gamrod. But it gets even better after that, y'all. We get a Aljamain Sterling versus T.J. Dillashaw. Dillashaw trying to recapture what was his. One, I think he's. I don't want to. I think he is one of, if not the only, you know, uh, fighter to lose his belt. Not via a loss, you know. <laughs> the guy just just lost the belt, never even got it back, you know. So he he, he it's a tough decision. I mean, uh, it's a tough situation uh, for the guy, uh, even though he was the one that you know got popped on the PEDs. You know, he even admitted it. But you know, I, I, I you know I hate the TJ Dillashaw slander. You know, the guy is one of the best of all time in the USC. He made a mistake, and he's owned up to it. You know, that's all you can ask for out of a guy like that when it comes to, you know, performance-enhancing drugs. He admitted to it, you know, and it was due to his cut, his weight cut to fight Henry Cejudo, uh, in which he lost. You know, it's a tough, tough bet for TJ. The, the, the line is way closer than I honestly think it should be. One, a minus 170 for Alexander Mayne, one, one, plus 145 for TJ Dillashaw. So pretty much almost even money there. Um, 
I just don't I don't see Dillashaw really present, presenting much of a threat to Sterling. If Sterling was able to get through Jan, I think he can easily get through Dillashaw. So I think Sterling proves it in this fight. I think he proves that he is the champion. I think he believes. I don't even think he leaves, leaves a doubt. I think his his uh, striking is going to look better in this one. I think he's going to look more comfortable on the feet too uh, against a fighter like TJ. You need better, or he will catch you. So I I don't think TJ catches him in this one. I think Sterling goes out there. I don't know if it's a dominant performance all around, but I think he just you know he might even I think even Sterling may just you know catch TJ you know with his amazing skills when it comes to jujitsu. So I think Sterling ends this ends this fight via finish in the for, uh, second round. Um, let's uh, uh, let's go with a armbar slash. Maybe a yeah. Let's go armbar slash rear naked choke. That's what I think it's going to be a finish with uh, in this fight. Uh, so hopefully it's a good fight. I'm excited about that one. Uh, I think it's going to be fireworks from the beginning. But obviously the biggest fight, the fight everyone has been calling for for so freaking long. I am so excited about this one uh, to just watch it as a fan. I don't even care if I'm wrong or right. It's almost impossible to bet on. Overall wise, it's it's just such a competitive match. Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira. Wow. When you look at matchups, it's just like how could you not make a better matchup? Islam, you know, being a wrestler at heart, I think it's called Sam yeah, Sambo. Uh wrestling is which he, you know, very dominant in, you know, and then obviously Charles Oliveira being the amazing probably the best jujitsu artist in the, you know, USC right now. For me, at least, you know, there might be guys uh, lower ranked and stuff that might be better. But when it comes to just a full set of tools on top of jujitsu, I don't think you'd get a better guy than Charles Oliveira. So dangerous, so explosive, so quick, so reckless. Doesn't care about his own health. He's going to find a way to get you uh, to make your health worse than his. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I think you can tell in the flex, inflection in my voice that I am very high on Charles Oliveira, and I truly, truly, truly believe the champion has a name. It is Charles Oliveira, and I think that's going to stay exactly the same after UFC 280. I think Charles Oliveira proves the world wrong once again because I want you to hear this crazy. Uh, well, it's not as bad as it was. I know as uh, when this fight got announced and opened immediately on Vegas as Islam being a 3-1 to one odds, which is plus 300, and then even jumping up to 3.5 one's odds, so it's plus 350 odds, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. It's jumped, it's uh, went down, though, though, as the fight gets closer and closer and closer as Islam is only a minus 190 favorite and Charles Oliveira is a plus 160 favorite, which is pretty much, like I said, about about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, which I said about, you know, the Benel Darnouche fight being pretty much even money. So it's almost impossible for me not to pick uh, old Charles Oliveira after what he has done uh, so far in this division recently. There's spurts in this in this sport, you know, of USC and, and, and people have their moments. I just think it's Charles's moment. I think it's Charles's time. I think it, it, he's in his prime. He's... I think this fight could easily prove that he he could be the pound-for-pound champ. I think he could be the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world right now. Um, I don't think that's too outlandish to say. The best part is, if Charles Oliveira or Islam wins this fight, I think we're getting a super fight 
uh, between them and Alex Volkanowski to pretty much contend for that pound-for-pound championship status. So overall, I think Charles gets the job done out there in Islam's backyard in Abu Dhabi via a finish, a finish in the third round, in the third round, excuse me, y'all. Uh, to bet on the the what it would be, probably every neck could choke, but I just don't know if <laughs> Charles can get on Islam's back and do that to him. So maybe, maybe, maybe actually a guillotine on an entry uh take now take down for uh, old Islam. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. <clears throat> Belching all over the place today. Um, but yeah, like I said, Charles Oliver Mia via finish possible guillotine slash rear neck and choke in the third round. Um, quick real recap: Braves, your Braves won. One one in that series now against the Phillies, your boys uh, got the job done, and I think they're gonna kind of just get back on track after losing the game one. And I, I think the Braves are still as much of a threat as anyone in the entire MLB. But to look at the MLB so far, um, right now, actually the Padres just took the lead on the Dodgers, y'all. Dodgers were up three nothing in that game, top of the six. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, this podcast will be done by the end of that one. So hopefully. Your, your Padres can uh, win that one and tie that series because no one likes the Dodgers. Sorry if you do. Um, I do not respect you. But <laughs> uh, to get to the point, let's get to the predictions of this championship. It's a hard prediction for me overall. You know, I'm not going to come out here and act like I'm some, uh, you know, some expert on MLB. I'm trying to get more into it, more into it as you know, my, fa- my favorite team is one of the best in the country. I mean, one of the best in the league. And they have been for the past couple of uh, past few seasons. Uh, so uh, overall, I think, I th- I think for me, you know, no, no I'm not even going to say no bias aside. Uh, there's t- totally bias in this one. I think the Braves go out and get the job done in the NL. Tough series, probably against the Dodgers in the uh, NLCS. I think they get a jo- job done in uh, seven games, and then I uh, think obviously not obvious. I think the Mariners are a legit team. But I think the Astros get the job done against the Mariners in a tough series. And I think I I think the Yankees, sadly, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the Yankees also get the job done against the Guardians, sadly. And I think the Yankees versus the Astros is a very, very, very fun matchup and very, very fun game to uh, to um to uh a series to tune into, you know, that I'm starting to watch it now as the playoffs come around. I've been watching it the past couple of weeks as the playoffs were right around the corner, but I think the Yankees are a legit team. I don't want to pick them, but I think the Yankees get the job done in another tight series, just like the Braves and Dodgers likely will have. And I think that we'll be seeing the Braves versus the Yankees in the championship. And I think we can all agree it's probably the Yankees' year if it's ever been a year for the Yankees. But screw that. Fuck the Yankees, bro. Why would I ever pick the Yankees to win a championship? Screw the Yankees. Never liked them. I don't know if if, if I have Yankees fans. Sorry. Uh, just like I said about the Dodgers, I don't respect you at all. I will never you root for the Yankees. I'll never cheer for the Yankees. I'll never even have a breath of me respecting the Yankees. So I got an easy dub for your boys in red. Braves get the win. Go back to back for the MLB championship. Get that trophy once again and prove that Freddie Freeman should have never left. Still love the guy, though. Can't hate the guy. Uh, so your boy, the Braves are going to get the job done. That was complete bias. Uh, so if you don't agree with me, I don't agree with you. So 
Sorry. Uh, let's move on, though, as as your boys uh, uh, is, is ready to make some NFL predictions uh, for this NFL week as we got uh, some big uh, four big games that I'm very excited about uh, overall. NFL has been very entertaining so far um, this season, and, and we're starting to see who the best teams are, you know. Um, and, and I'm excited uh, to kind of keep this season going on. You know, I love the NFL, and I've – Expressed that a multitude of times on this podcast, but you know it's just fun to see football, college football back as as well as NBA, uh, going right around the corner and MLB getting to a close, which is some of the best some of the best sports, uh, live sports you could ever ask is uh, playoff baseball. So as a sports fan, your boy is in a beautiful spot as he gets to watch anything and everything every night that's related to sports. But let's get into an NFL preview, favorite games of the week. Obviously, we're going to start with uh, me and Red's favorite teams and the games that they play. Uh, Saints play the Bengals, as I referenced early on in the podcast. Uh, the Saints, let's see what these odds are actually looking like now that I uh, think about it. We are, the Cincinnati Bengals are actually... Uh, minus one and a half favorites out there in New Orleans. I think that's a fair line. I don't think Saints improved <laughs> quite much to, to be the, the favorites in that game so far in the season. But your boy is going to ride on the Saints, I think, after that win out there uh, and, and at the Dome. But uh, against, just you know, just the Seahawks can maybe you know, motivate the team. This team is in win-now mode, it feels like, you know, going down. You know they don't want to go down one, uh, one and four, so they go two and three now. And I think three and three is a very legitimate spot to be at, uh, especially with all the injuries and situa- situational, you know, stuff that's been going on uh, out there in New Orleans. I think the Saints get the job done, and I don't want to explain how they get this score, but twenty nine or twenty four, weird score, but I think that's what it's going to be at. And I think Saints get it done. Not a pretty game, but I think that they just just do enough, just do enough to get the job done. In the Superdome. Let's move on to the Cowboys versus the Eagles. Uh, what a game. Could be the game of the week. Um, overall, uh, Dallas, I'm impressed. I've never thought that uh, they could be where they're at with Cooper Rush. <laughs> never thought that was a possibility, but they're proving me wrong. They've been proving me wrong, and a, a lot of people wrong uh, throughout this season so far. Uh, so, uh, with that all being said... I think they finally, uh, I think reality finally sets in for that offense. I think the Philly uh, defense is special. I think they're really, really good at championship defense and that offense. Uh, you know, they're, they're still proving people wrong, but I really enjoy that offense. But I think Dallas's defense is really going to keep this a game. I think they're going to, you know, make this a game till about, you know, probably about the fourth quarter, maybe halfway through the third. You know, uh, score-wise, it might not prove how dominant Philly really is in this game. So, uh, overall, though, I got Philly winning this one 23-16. Fun game. Uh, uh, let's see, where where is this? Uh, this game is in... In Philly. So, that's, that's, a, that's a dub for old, the old Philadelphia Eagles, which will play a factor in this one, I think. Uh, as I think Philly wins, like I said, 23-16 to 16 in uh, Old Philadelphia. Let's move on uh, to a very interesting, not the best game, but an interesting game between the Ravens and the Giants. Who in the hell could have predicted how good the Giants would be uh, this season? I thought they would be much improved, but my goodness, one of the best teams in the, <laughs> in the NFC. <laughs> what? 4-1, what? How? What? That makes no sense. Brian Dayball must be a wizard. 
must be a god or I don't know what he is, but my goodness, what he is doing with that team is special. It's it's fun to watch. I love that Saquon is getting his opportunities to prove that he is still one of, if not the best running backs in the NFL and, have, you know, skill-wise, one of the best of all time. And I, I hold that to my heart. Watching him in college, he's easily the best for me. Uh, I've seen coming out of college besides maybe Derrick Henry. So, you know, and Derrick Henry, what he did his Heisman year was ridiculous. So, uh, but skill-wise, I mean, there's never been a uh, – I've never seen a Saquon Barkley. And I love to see him getting his opportunities in multiple different ways, you know, with direct snaps and, you know, finding a way to just get him the ball. It's He's one of the best athletes in the NFL. And when he's healthy, he's one of the best, of you know, in the NFL. So I love to see what I'm seeing from the Giants. It's, it's NFL is a little bit more fun when the Giants are good. Uh, but with that all being said – it's. I think they finally get caught. I don't think they look bad. I don't think they look terrible. I don't think it's because the team is bad or they just didn't show up. I just think the Baltimore just gets the job done. I think they do. Just, the Baltimore just does un, just slightly enough to get past to these Giants, uh, as my score will prove to that. As I have Baltimore winning twenty-seven to twenty-six. It's. I want to pick the Giants, but I think that they they finally get a little bit of a reality check, you know, saying, okay, we're, we're, we're a 4-1 team, but we still got some things to clean up. I think the Baltimore, you know, just experience-wise are just a little bit more uh, further in that process. I think they know a little bit more about their team and know who they need to be to win games. So I got Baltimore winning that one by one point. And let's move on to the Bills versus Chiefs game, as this is the biggest game of the week. I think everyone can agree that this could be the game of the year. You know, um, man, these might be the best two teams in the NFL. You know, when I was sitting here, uh, first thought I was like, ah, excuse me, y'all. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, Bills probably going to pull this one off. You know, they, 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 they've done nothing to say that they're not the not the best team in the league. And then I started thinking. I started sitting and thinking. What have the Chiefs done to prove that they're not the best team? I mean, seriously, what what have the Chiefs done to prove they're not the best team in the NFL? Mm, they got down 17 nothing against the Raiders. They still won. This offense is still as explosive as it's ever been, and I think it might be even better than when they had Tyreek Hill. Bold statement by me, but I, I, I don't think that's an outlandish thing to say. Maybe they're not as over-the-top amazing, you know, with the crazy deep passes from Patty, but they just, you know, communication-wise, scheme-wise, it just feels so much more natural, you know, have it more by committee than by your two superstars so with that all being thought of in my uh, you know thought process I'd lean on the Chiefs and I'm gonna stick with that I, my gut said the Chiefs uh, and I'm gonna lean on it you know I, I when I thought of the Bills immediately I just that was an immediate thought in my brain but deep down in my my gut I was just like well this, the Chiefs have done nothing to prove that they can't win this game I mean like uh, with that being said you know I don't think you can say that either one of these teams is a surefire win. I think either team can win this game. I think it really comes down to who, who makes more mistakes in this game. And it might literally come down to a single turnover. I think it will be a clean game. Maybe not even a turnover. Maybe it might be just a missed kick or a block kick. So uh, I think overall, Chiefs pull off the win. Uh, let's see where this one's actually at, too. 
in KC. So I think they pull off the win at home out there in Arrowhead. You know, it's a tough place to go play, and I think maybe you know they get a little bit of help from their fans to pull that one off. Thirty-four to thirty-one, Chiefs prove that they might be, if not, not, not might, not, not might, not if. They they prove in this game that they are the best team in the AFC and in the league after you know this week of NFL football. But overall, y'all, that will do our show today. Awesome show. I hope I didn't bore y'all to death with my solo takes here. Red will be back in the studio next week. Uh, obviously, don't forget to follow Nate Dog Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is at Nate Dog Sports Two Gs and the Dog. And on Twitter, it is at ND Double Underscore sports so y'all go follow those we're really gonna start and like i said a thousand times here we're gonna start really focusing in <clears throat> sorry once again we're gonna start really focusing in on those accounts and uh producing other content on there like red's report and nate's underdogs uh you'll be hearing more about those as the week progresses into next week and uh, as you know, as this you know, uh, USM semester keeps going, your boy is tired, but he's gonna keep pushing forward. And you know, uh, also with the Eagle Hour, you know, go check that out on uh, weekdays at one to two uh, p.m. Uh, Super Talk Mississippi uh, here locally, ninety-seven point three FM. And don't forget to also uh, listen to the Four Street Sports Show on Mondays at five p.m. on eighty-eight point five FM or on the Southern Miss Student Media YouTube channel. I'm giving plugs for everybody and everything that I'm involved with. But also, you can't forget why you're listening to this. Don't forget to check out every week for new episodes of the Pound Perspective presented by Nate Dog Sports. I think that's going to do it for us today. We hope y'all have an incredible day and uh, with whatever y'all are doing. And uh, your boys is going to finally close this one out, though. So, hope y'all have a great day, and I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of the Pound Perspective presented by Nate Dog Sports. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Pound Perspective. If you're interested in joining Nate Dogg for an episode or need more information on Nate Dogg and his brand, contact him at natedogsports.com. And don't forget to share with friends and family. Thanks again for listening to The Pound Perspective, a breath of fresh sports. Oh.